A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey everybody, welcome to part two of the Doreen interview on a matter of truth. So we concluded that episode on Saturday, August 15th. Today obviously is August 19th. It is a Wednesday morning and this is going to be part two. So I explained at the conclusion of the last episode why we decided to split it. And here's part two of that episode. Um, nothing big in the terms of uh, spring cleaning or anything that we need to kind of talk about before I open the episode up to that. However, I do want to iterate and kind of stress a few points that I concluded with on the prior episode. If you guys appreciate this, please share this with your friends on social media. Share it with your family. Share it with your church. Get questions sent to us so we can answer them and allow this ministry to continue to grow because that is what Anthony and I enjoy doing is just bringing you guys on the show and answering questions as we can. Mind you, we are not the professionals, but we will try to do everything in our power to get you pointed in the right direction, answer your questions as possible. So send those in, subscribe to us on all the platforms that you listen to us on, leave us reviews if those allow you to. Send us your questions, your comments, your complaints, your concerns, whatever it may be. Send them to us. Uh, you can reach me at undyinglightministries at gmail.com. And Anthony is speakgospeltruth at gmail.com. So without dragging my feet to any further, here is part two of the interview with me and Anthony and Doreen on her new book. Enjoy. God bless. Uh, yeah. So I have another question to throw throw at you. So here we go. All right. Hey guys, it's Leah. I have a question for Doreen about um, her recent book. How long did it take you to fully write the book and really process it? Like, what stuff did you leave in, and what stuff did you decide to cut out? Was there any rough drafts while you were making it? And I really appreciate the fact that you wrote this book and. I hope you guys can answer my question. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Leah. That's very kind of you. Um, I started writing it soon after signing the contract, which would have been about March 2019, and then finished it in June, June of 2020, and then had to rewrite Chapter 9 when um, Chris Rosebro helped me to see that a vision that I had had when I was still a New Ager and unsaved 
was in fact two separate experiences at the same time. So I've got the updated chapter nine on my DoreenVirtue.com website as an audio and also as a downloadable PDF for free. No emails involved, no no ads, it's not monetized. I just um, it's the point is that I'm still writing the book because mm-hmm. the sanctification process keeps coming and I keep learning and growing every single day. You know, there's parts of the book that um, I think, well, I could add to that now because I know more. But at the time that I was writing, that was what I knew. And um, and the book was peer reviewed. I want to say the president of my seminary read it and endorsed it. Um, Many solid um, teachers read it and endorsed it. And even with all the recent drama that came from this certain group of people about my book, Um, I went to all the people who endorsed it and I was like, Hey, there's this drama. Do you want to take back your endorsement? And they were like, Oh no, we don't like that group. (laughs) We're standing by your book. Uh, It's needed in the church right now to talk about the new age. So the book's not perfect by any means. Like I'm not perfect, but um, I'm really glad I got it out there while I remember uh, what it's like to be in the new age mindset. I think it's a good book. If you have a loved one in the new age to give you insights of their defense system and how to get around it. Now, were you concerned with, um, with chapter nine? Um, and I know you, you've talked about this on other shows about the the vision yeah. and everything. So were you concerned with that going out being published and then having to then um, update it on your website with the red version as well as, as well as the PDF. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, it, but I just trust God's timing. I I'm reformed. So I really believe God's sovereign over everything. And mm. so he chose for whatever reason to have this um, situation revealed to me after the book was at the printer. And that's given me peace. I mean, it's not been fun publicly to go through, this, um, this, but I've had a, a few letters from people who thanked me that they got to see the process of me going from believing that I really did see Jesus to understanding that it was two different simultaneous experiences. I mean, I had, see, I had had visions since I was a child and I'd seen Jesus visions since I was a teenager and, and I, and I had renounced all of them. I, I hadn't held on to one vision except for this one because Mm -hmm. I I had simultaneous epiphanies that were basically the gospel, you know, that Jesus is the son of God who died for our sins and, and that um, the Bible's inerrant. Those were revolutionary epiphanies for me. It sounds like Christianity 101 to most people, but for me at that moment, it was, it was life changing. So I hung on to the vision because I got those realizations and Chris Rosebrough using Isaiah 55 verses 10 through 11 showed me that it was two separate experiences that one was, it was like spiritual warfare, the demon showing up as the false Jesus while God was unpacking in my heart, those gospel messages that I'd been receiving all those years while listening to Christian radio. And, and I, I want to tell you guys, I got so much peace in that moment when he did that. It was July 17th to 2020 when he mm-hmm. um, told me that. Uh, and and even though I've been attacked like crazy because of the things, um, I it's like that's okay. I have peace. I know right. that I'm right with the Holy Spirit. Right. Yeah. It's a tough thing to. We talked about this a little bit before the show to have it all unfold on a stage, opposed to you know like lay people. Um, you yeah. Know, their their pro- repentance is 
it's, it's not out in the public, you know, we talked a little bit about Todd white. Um, and it, it's a progressive thing. It's ongoing and there's no repentance 101 other than, you know, you put your complete trust and faith in Christ and Christ alone. And he's the only way to the father that that's where it starts. So the process that unravels, it's going to be different for everybody. And there's no set rhyme reason how it should be, how long it should take for a person as they come to their learning and their growing. Thank you for your grace on that, Anthony. I really appreciate both of you. Um, I, one of the things that's going through this, I've really been so bowled over by my brothers and sisters in Christ and the support um, the people I respect have supported me, and that has really been so I, I, so encouraging because in the new age, you know, I thought I had all these friends, but they're most of them are gone now. Mm. Um, in times of trouble, they're just gone, and and in times of trouble, your Christian family sticks with you and is there for you and prays for you. It's it's a world of difference. Yeah, really is. Um, so yeah, going through sanctification publicly has has not been fun, but um, yeah. I, I know that it's it, God's using it for His glory. I mean, Romans eight twenty eight. I really know that just from the letters I get, where people are like, "Hey, I'm a goofball too, and I'm <laughs> I'm going through the same thing as you, and I'm really glad to see you going through this, so I can see I'm not alone." Coming out of coming out of music, I mean, my my walk is so different than say Alex or anybody else that I've met recently. And so I get a little bother when I hear people say, well, no, it needs to look just like this. And why didn't this happen in Mm -hmm. a matter of, you know, two weeks? (laughs) I mean, what, what I, when I first came to faith and put my faith in Christ, what that looks like where I was then and where I am now, it's, it's night and day. And that's only by, by the grace of God. It has nothing to do with me other than following and being obedient to uh, to the scripture, to God's word. And sure, there's stumbling blocks and, I, and I've missaid things and misquoted. And but I mean, does that does that mean I'm not saved? Does that does that give anybody the right to question my salvation? I mean, I think not. Well- well, Anthony, you didn't follow the ten-point Calvinistic <laughs> rituals to to ensure your salvation, according to the social media Instagrammer <laughs> rights of biblical authority one hundred and one. Yeah. Right, it's true. Yeah, when I first was was saved, you know, like I said, I, I got involved with friends who were really great for me. They were there for me, but they came from charismatic circles, and so I was involved oh. in a charismatic prayer group. And, uh, and people who I was hanging out with followed Todd White or followed Todd White at that time. And like I said, I was following Joyce Meyer and this woman who's so-called prophetess. So my influences were not solid Christian when I first was saved. And it, and it made me look really, you know, like what's going on with her. Um, I was ultra liberal as all new agers are. I was, um, a universalist, a relativist, panantheist, you know, I mean, you name it, all the ists I was. Um, and so to go from that to a conservative, completely uh, like a Berean, has, it takes some time. You have to read the whole yeah. Bible, first of all. And I don't know anyone who can read the Bible it, with depth in less than a year. It's not possible. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, even being in seminary myself for a year plus, and I try to do the Bible in, in 90 days and then do side studies and stuff throughout that time. 
there's still probably 80% that I haven't been able to study deeply. It's, I mean, and I, I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm nowhere, you know, near, obviously near expert or theologian level or academical expert. And, you know, my walk has only been, I don't know, seven years, eight years now. And I keep forgetting how old I am. It's just really weird. So <laughs> I, I still think I'm only like 30 or something. So I only would say like my walk's five years, but it's longer than that. And, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, there's, I, you know, there's just so much depth to it. And, you know, I've read Romans, I, I don't know, six, eight, 10 times in the last couple of years, maybe more than that. But, you know, as I'm doing the, this, this daily study, I'm discovering so much more to the beauty of Paul's writing and just how deep and rich God can renew his word for everybody every single day. It's truly a, a, a blessing. Absolutely. Every time you read the Bible, you see something new. The Holy Spirit illuminates some new passage according to what you're going through then. I, I've spent this the whole month of July basically in the Sermon on the Mount. And mm. then this last two weeks in Matthew 10, and I just keep reading it over and over and over again. And then I'm in R.C. Sproul's commentary on Matthew, which is brilliant. I mean, just amazingly deep. And and I just don't even want to get out of Matthew because there's just so much juice to squeeze out there. So one more question. And, and this one, actually, uh, I, I'm interested to hear your answer because um, this, this, I think, can hit home for probably more listeners than I think any question mm-hmm. we've posed this far. I think any advice. Yeah. Any advice for a husband whose wife has turned from the church and embraced new age thinking. So she was in the church before we're making that presumption or she was by, prof- yeah, by looking at it. She was professing mm-hmm. Christian because that, that's the thing is, you know, when I was a new age teacher and I was giving physical workshops at convention centers around the world. And, and I'd have like a thousand to 5,000 people in each audience. And then afterwards I would do a book signing where people would come and take and bring these books, which unfortunately are still for sale. I pray that someday they'll be gone. But anyway, mm-hmm. they would bring these books to me and I would get to talk to everyone who would come in my book signing line. And maybe half the people had crosses around their neck or maybe a crucifix, you know, and mm-hmm. they would tell me they were Christian at my workshop. And they, they thought because I was teaching about angels in a heretical new age way, I realize now that I must be Christian too. And see, I was professing Christian at the time because my mom told my brother and I that we were Christians as Christian scientists. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people who say they're Christian, now I'm realizing it's just a family tradition to say, you know, oh, sure, I'm Christian. But to be a Christian is very different than what your mom and dad tell you that you're a Christian. I mean, it's 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 giving up your life and giving yeah. up your own needs to be a servant and to do glory to God. You're supposed to do it in all things, but I don't think any human's capable of that. So you're supposed to glorify God always. Uh, my point is that the, the presupposition that the woman was a solid Christian in the beginning, I would doubt that. I don't think any solid Christian could really be seduced away from the true gospel. I think people who are 
using dabbling in new age right now who are professing Christians are ones who probably haven't studied the whole Bible is my premise. Uh, I could be wrong case by case, but um, what what would have worked for me besides prayer and hearing the gospel is if someone would have taken my hand and patiently and gently sat down and talked with me about Jesus's life, his death and his resurrection and explained it to me with love and patience. Nobody mm. did that. My whole I was in the New Age as a professional for about 22 to 23 years, touring the world. Not one person in that time said, can we just talk about Jesus, Doreen? Wow. I, I was yelled at by Christians. Christians would post on my Facebook page verses out of context, no commentary, uh, they would call me names as Christians. It didn't, it didn't make me want to become a Christian when they acted that way. Right. I really think, though, if someone would have taken my hand lovingly and sat me down on a couch or a bench with me and just said, let's talk about Jesus and really explained what's in the Gospel of John. You know, let's talk about Jesus from his childhood through his why he had to come here. He's fully God. He's fully man. And here's why and how it relates back to the sacrifices in the Old Testament. No, okay, here's why they did sacrifices. You know, just kind of patiently taking me through the basic questions that newcomers have. I think I, you know, it's all God's timing, of course, and he's using me as someone who was in the New Age. But um, it's hard not to have regrets and think, gosh, if only I was saved years ago. You know, I think... You know, one of the things um, that's really helped me and my wife is, uh, interestingly enough, a s- short story. I was I had the opportunity to preach uh, up in Wisconsin. A um, friend on Instagram reached out and asked me if I'd come while his dad, who was the lead pastor, is out on vacation. So I drove up and preached and did a sermon on um, God's truth and, and how it is you know, not a subjective truth that it's objective. It's, and, uh, preached at, uh, you know, I just kind of went through scripture at a, at a high level and just kind of just really laid it all out. And, uh, if people are interested, I have that sermon on my YouTube channel, which I never really promote. It's but, a good uh, channel. It's... You should promote it. Your, your sermon, <laughs> I, I sh- no, your sermon on family division really helped me. I appreciate that. Um, and that actually is the most popular sermon that I have out there. Um, I should promote it more. I, I don't just because I haven't been preaching much this year. So, uh, cause you know, COVID and all that other mm-hmm. jazz, but, uh, I, I preached it and on the way home, my wife is like, I think that was probably the best message you ever gave. And I was like, Oh, that's nice to hear. And she's like, you know, she's like, and that really sparks me. Like I want, I want to sit down with you and go through the whole new Testament together. Wow. I was like, all right, let's do this. So, uh, you know, we went through all of Matthew verse by verse and, um, you know, I unpacked it for her and what we walked through some very difficult text and some things we got out commentaries and this, you know, study Bibles with and unpacked. And, uh, then we're now we're working through acts together wow. and the same premise. It's, you know, just, verse by verse and unpacking. And one of the things that kind of catches me and, and this is, this is what I would vote toward, or I would push on the husband in this situation is he has to take control and leadership 
you 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 have to be a man and step up and say this is going to lead you to eternal destruction and if you can't uh relay the gospel in a in a respectful manner i mean because everything should be done in compassion and love not you know don't go in and just bible bash but with compassion and love then you need to get under some sound teaching so that you can do so so that you can be the spiritual leader of your family and so my challenge to the husband is to get involved and stop it before it gets before it goes too far down the road. I think the tough thing is is when you start when they start talking about, well, this is just it's just yoga. I mean, I'm not like meditating. I'm just doing it for the stretching. How do you combat that? Yeah, every pose in the sun salutation series is designed to worship a different Hindu deity. And that does not glorify God. And so, and God does not share his glory with anyone. So people say, well, I'll just put scripture on top of it. You know, I want to use the same (laughs) analogy again, that would you put scripture on top of using a Ouija board? It's, it's no different. You, you can't scrub something enough that's pagan to make it Christian. Right, exactly. And it's not just stretching. In fact, I'm sorry to step on you, but I get so passionate about yoga because I did it for 20 years in the new age. And and there's a a friend of mine who's an ex-yoga teacher. She's born again now and does not do yoga. And her website is truthbehindyoga.com. She's got studies on there that show that women will entry point into yoga for the stretching and exercise and then mm-hmm. within six months, they are involved with the spiritual aspects of yoga. It's the progressive, sneaky nature of the serpent. There you go. Yep, and that and that's that's the tough part when you're trying to talk with your spouse about these little things. You know, for me, it would be just you know that's where you get into prayer and and, mm-hmm. and again, like you said, get into scripture and you point out these things that these small things. And to your point, uh, God does not share his glory and you can't, you know, you put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. And that's the reality with these, with these types of, of movements that are now in, in the church. It's sad because the devil has set up the new age to insulate people from the 10 commandments and from what the Bible says. It's, it's, and it's such a seductive new age it's it seems to be so trendy and cool and it seems to be so inclusive and behind it is just this this poison so for this man um the the trouble is in the new age they tell you that if if someone is negative then and then they're toxic and you need to leave them and so people break relationships all the time in the new age because there's this fear of negativity. The belief is if you think negative, you're going to attract negativity because the new age hmm. teaches that your thoughts create your reality. You're the creator. It's, it's just the devil's thought of every little detail so that the gospel can't, can't convict new agers unless it's a work of God. It just, it's frustrating, you know, when you see it on the battlefield going into this world into the churches and you know there's the rural church you know with the older congregations and that they're they're the ones that are still you know holding the doors closed from it but it's a lot of these new peppy you know metropolitan churches where 
you know, all the 20 and 30 year old people go to and um, churches at 11 because, you know, you got to go out and party the night before because, mm-hmm. you know, oh, heaven forbid you get up at 8 a.m. and do something. No, it's shocking. I, I really expected when I got out of the new age that I would go to instantly, if it said Baptist on the door, it'd be a solid church. I really thought that way. Mm-hmm. And and I was shocked to find out that I was, it was exactly like what I left in so many churches. It was really saddening to me. It's tough to find a church. It is. And I have I have so many people that DM me asking me for help finding good biblically sound churches, you know, and, and the, the best advice I can only ever give is you got to look at, you know, the, the statement of faith. You got to actually watch some of their sermons, maybe attend a couple of times, try, you know, it's, it's, you got to church shop because not every church preaches the same gospel. Core Christian principles have to be, I mean, in place. I mean, you really, I mean, they could say it in, in their mission statement, but when you're there and they are not preaching Christ crucified, it's a, it's a major, major issue. And, and Doreen, you, you touch on that with, with respect to the Pentecostal church you went to, and then you went to an Episcopalian church, right? right? Yeah. And that Episcopalian church, my understanding of of it's number one, they, they affirm the LGBTQ plus as well as women pastors. And, and, and you've been very open and upfront in, in describing, um, coming even out of that. Yeah, it was heartbreaking because I love those people. Episcopalians, they're, you know, it's like when people say to me, but Buddhists are so nice, but Episcopalians are so nice. Yeah, they are. But um, I was, I was at a Bible study more than once where the Bible study teacher was saying that the Bible had errors, that some books shouldn't have been in the Bible. And also, I think one of my biggest heartbreaks was when I was um, in in a Bible study with one of the pastors, they call them priests. And, and we were doing a study on what was going to be his sermon on dragnet, the parable of the dragnet, you know, where the fish are sorted out. And he said to all of us that he was not going to tell the congregation what that parable means because he was worried there'd be someone new at the church who would be offended or hurt and would not mm-hmm. come back to the church. And I think oh, that's when gosh. I had my wake-up call and I was like, I even said to him, I was like, you have to share the gospel. I went through Christian science where no one told me the church, I mean, the, tr- the truth. And, mm-hmm. and you, you guys have to share the gospel. And he's like, well, you know, we need people in the seats. And, and I just, that's when I saw the business side of, of a church, which, you know, you're talking about the mega churches. It's all about bodies and the seats and tithes and offerings at the expense of their souls, if they're unsaved people. Yeah. And it's the same yep. way with the smaller churches. I mean, because you have these smaller churches like the Episcopalian and um, some of the other one, United Methodist, where they're, where they're, they are embracing this, the new age thinking, the LGBTQ plus um, in an effort to fill seats, to, mm-hmm. to, uh, to flip a dime. I mean, yeah. to, to stay in business, so to speak. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. at the cost of people's soul. And they're preaching heresy and just a false gospel. Yep. And I've heard from people who say their pastors play Bethel music, even though they know it's from a heretical church, because they think it's popular and they're worried they can't pay their utility bills if they don't play Bethel music. Right. Because people want to go and they want to hear the songs that Christian, uh, modern Christian music uh, radio is playing. 
Yeah, I, I interviewed David Hineke from a Baptist church in Texas who was bold enough to tell his congregation no more Bethel, Hillsong, or Elevation music. I read and, about him. Yeah, and his, yeah. His, his his worship team completely left. They left the church in offense. But the number of people who came to his church after he got rid of the heretical music, he said it just kept climbing. People saying, we need a church like this. We're looking for it. And he said for the first time after they got rid of that music, the the church balanced their budget. First time. Wow. What yeah. a blessing. That's amazing. That's yes. Yeah. So like you said, people are looking for solid churches right here, right now. And Pastors don't need to fear that they're going to push people out the door. I mean, they'll push the goats out the door, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It gets really messy, you know, when you when we start to break down all of the discrepancies within the churches and why we are where we are today. The great fall in a way, the great apostasy, I think, is, is something that's starting to really take a hold and, um, you know, move away from us and but people are dying for sound doctrine you know they they are coming to churches that they would probably never step foot in five years ago Mm -hmm. going to the small rural communities because they want a pastor who's probably never written a book and never had a youtube channel and doesn't you know get on facebook live and preach every you know day but he delivers sound sermons week in and week out. And those are the people that, uh, that the world is trying to get to. So we'll, I want you, uh, to, I want to leave with one, one last thing. If you have any, uh, closing remarks or thoughts during, um, anything about your book that you want people to know, uh, Anything at all. Okay. Uh, I will open it to you. Well, I just want to point people to the book, God's Word. Um, I was always ser- searching for the truth. Even when I was at the pinnacle of my career as a New Ager, I had it all materially. You know, I had a big 50-acre ranch in Hawaii. I was at the top mm. of my career. I had friends, I thought, family, health, success galore. And I was always searching, and I was convinced that the truth was in some old book somewhere. So I would go to old bookstores and look into old cult books and such, but but it was the Bible was there all along, and I and it was like the book I didn't want to read, I just it, but but it's got all the answers that anyone could be looking for. It's got the truth. It's how you meet God. It's how you understand who Jesus really is and why He had to come to Earth to suffer and die for for us to be saved and. And I think we need to be reading the Bible every single day, even if it's just a paragraph or a chapter. Um, people say they don't have enough time. You do. You you have to make the time. Get up early and read it. It's just yep. I I can't repeat that message enough. Is compare everything to Scripture, but that starts with you got to read the Scripture. That's that's spot on. I mean, you know, and I I appreciate you being so open and um and anybody who's listening, I mean, that's, that's the wonderful thing that, um, I've seen, uh, with respect to where you've come from, how open you are to conversation, to questions. Thank you. You're both such wonderful brothers in Christ. And I'm very grateful for both of you in my life. Amen. Well, we Senior. definitely are very grateful for you and 
thank you for the time and to uh, come in and have a conversation. And um, I've learned a lot and it makes me want to, when I have an opportunity to dig into this a lot deeper. So because yeah. it's pressing on us at every direction. So it is. Yeah. And we, we actually have more questions. So maybe we can get you back on again, if you don't Return. mind, we can do a shorter Absolutely. segment. That would, that would be a blessing. That would be awesome. Thank you. Yeah. We could do like a drive-by episode or something, sure. a quick question or something, a couple. Absolutely. And people are welcome to write me DMs on Instagram. I'm a little slow to respond just because of the volume, but I do my best to respond to everyone. So we'll make sure that uh, we include that in the show notes to send you some DMs and to uh, just be patient through all of this. And that's with, I think, anything people with larger followings that actually do take the time to answer DMs. It's They get cumbersome after a while and to always respond, always be available type thing. So, yeah. And, and in closing, Dorian, you want to tell people where they, where they can uh, get your book, download it, purchase it. Well, they can go to christianbooks.com, which is where I buy my books most of the time. I mean, of course it's on Amazon and all the usual places, but I think we need to be, um, you know, supporting the local, um, and the smaller Christian bookstores. And that would be great if people would order it that way. Excellent. It's yeah. Deceive No More by Doreen Virtue. Yep. So make sure you get a copy of that, read it, and and make yourself aware of the war that is pressing in on us. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all we got for today's episode. Thanks again to Doreen for coming on and Anthony for being here and uh, hanging out. And we will see you all later. God bless. God bless. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.